Welcome to Inside, the insurance news podcast hosted by me, Andrew Silcox. In this week's edition of Inside, it's elemental as we cover fire, water, earth, and wind. Flood claims keep on rising like the devastating waters did regularly earlier this year. From one catastrophe to another, the Fire and Climate 2022 conference takes place in Melbourne this week. EY brings us down to earth with the advice to plan for the consumer data right early. And any reference to federal minister allows me the chance to make it all sorts of jokes about hot airs and airheads, but I won't. Hello, everyone. This week, I'm joined by editor John Deeks, deputy editor Wendy Pugh, and senior journalist Bernice Han. Good morning, Wendy. Good morning, Andrew. Are you in your element? I am in my element. Uh, you're doing my uh, podcast from the home office. Yes. Hello, John. Hello. I'd pick you as an earth, wind and fire fan. Not, not especially. And hello, Bernice. Hi, Andrew. How are you traveling today? Not so bad. All right. Well, on to the main stories this week. So, John, the flood claims just keep on rising. Where are we up to now? Yes. Yeah, so we've had another update from the Insurance Council from the catastrophe that hit Queensland and New South Wales earlier this year. We're now up to 216,465 claims, which add up to insured losses of about $4.3 billion. It's quite a total and it places the floods as the, the fourth worst natural catastrophe on record. And when you think that the Insurance Council's last update a few weeks back was 3.3 billion or thereabouts, it, it does show that the figure is still rising pretty sharply. This is partly due to large commercial claims, which tend to take longer to lodge, and they're now arriving and having quite an impact on that overall figure. More than 20% of the claims have already been closed which isn't bad at all, really, when you think about it. The event only took place in February and March, and the insurers are facing a whole range of challenges that potentially slow claims down. Well, despite that, the insurers have come to fire on the anniversary of a different catastrophe. It's been a year since a catastrophe was declared in Victoria after um, a storm brought flooding and, and high winds, which particularly hit the dandenongs, causing trees to topple over all over the place. And there's been a lot of attention this week on radio about people whose claims still haven't been, you know, closed after all this time. But, you know, that, that event has come, you know, within a, a string of disasters. So in recent times, the industry has had hardly had a chance to draw a breath before something else has come along. And at the same time, we've had um, COVID lockdowns, building material shortages and labour shortages. So it, it just creates huge challenges. But, you know, for those people who are still waiting to have repairs finalised, you know, probably all that doesn't count for very much. It's just a very difficult time for them. Wendy, we all know who the new Prime Minister is, but what about his lineup of ministers? Who should we be looking out for? Well, we have the appointment of uh, Stephen Jones as Minister for Financial services. And he was also named uh, assistant treasurer. And that was after Jim Chalmers was sworn in as treasurer straight after the election. Then Murray Watt becomes Minister for Emergency Management, which is an important role for um, delivering on commitments to boost mitigation and resilience. And in this ministry, there's an elevated focus on climate change and cybersecurity. So we have Chris Bowen becoming Climate Change and Energy Minister and Claire O'Neill, Cybersecurity Minister. On the financial side as well, um, Katie Gallagher was appointed finance minister. So what's the dirt? What do we know about Stephen Jones, John? Well, he's 56 years old. He represents Whitlam 
in New South Wales. Uh, he's been in politics for, for well over a decade and he seems to be on the sort of the left sort of progressive side of the, the Labour Party. I have looked at more than just Wikipedia, I promise. You can see that he has spoken in the past about commissions, uh, mainly in, in relation to life insurance. But he had quite a hard view early on after the Hain Royal Commission that commissions should be banned. It seems that he's softened on this, though. Recently, he said that after engaging with the with the industry, it's a bit more complicated than he first thought. So it's good to see that he that he is willing to engage and, and learn from that. On general insurance, we we don't know an awful lot about what he thinks because prior to the election, we were directed to Matt Thistlethwaite for any views on general insurance. So we will await with bated breath Mr Jones's views on on some of the key issues for us. And is Matt Thistlethwaite uh, involved in any way with the portfolio? He's moved on to other things, less less financial services type things, but I can't quite recall what they are. Bernice, Resilium have been showing off some of its latest acquisitions as a competition for new targets continues. Yes, um, the shopping spree continues at Resilient Partners. So um, they've most recently acquired authorised representative businesses, medical and general risk solutions, and KSLR and are about to complete the deal for Hayes Insurance. So the latest investments built further on the purchases that they made last year, including Festifan Insurance Services and Insurance Mentor. So um, the executive director, Adrian Kitchen, um, explains to Insurance News that these latest acquisitions give them a significant footprint in Brisbane, the Gold Coast and Sydney, and they're not done yet. Mr. Kitchen says they have a significant pipeline of acquisitions at various stages and expects more announcements in the coming months. So watch this space. Well, they're not the only ones announcing acquisitions this week, John. That's right. Others have been busy as well. Uh, Gallagher announced its latest acquisition, which was Canberra-based general insurance brokerage Mitchell Insurance Management, which will join the ACT Gallagher team and, and, and work under the Gallagher brand from now on. As we've reported, Gallagher has been very outspoken and bullish about, about its acquisition targets. It's made, I think, 25 or so since the since the major OAMPS acquisition, and it's looking for more. We also report this week that PSC has finalised the acquisition of Victorian brokerage Alan Wilson insurance brokers. So they're all on the lookout. They're all sealing deals and um, they all say that there are more to come. So it's highly competitive out there, but uh, there, there, there always seems to be more potential targets for these large brokers to, to go after. Now, Wendy, remind us what the consumer data right is why I should care and why EY is getting so excited about it. Yes, well, the you know the consumer data right um, has started off in uh, banking is being spread out to other areas of financial services. It aims to allow easier sharing of, of data for the benefit both of consumers and organisations providing services. And EY says in a report that it will allow more tailored and timely customer experiences, and in fact will you know actually revolutionise customer choice. So it, it says insurers should be on the front foot with this, since consumers will be expected more. And at the same time, insurers should have the benefit of being able to analyse data that has previously been difficult to obtain and to be able to use it better to identify new and and improved products and services that that, that they can offer. Do you think insurers are across this one, John? I have no idea whether they are or not, but I think they should be. I I really like this um, line from EY that if you're not proactive on this, if you just simply comply, 
then you're going to be the ones that everyone else is sourcing data from and you're, you're going to be giving it out but not not receiving any data yourself so i mean I do think it's a good point that uh, insurers really need to think about this and make sure that they are getting the most out of it rather than just dishing out the data to to others' requests. Well, finally this week, Broker Focus Travel Card has confirmed it's coming back to Australia. Tell us about this story, Bernice. Travel Card has confirmed with Insurance News that they are working to restart its operations in Australia. So not only are they coming back, they have told us that they will be back with more superior products and better, ex- better user experience. Um, as they put it to us, they're super excited about it. So just a short recap here behind the comeback. So they placed their business in hibernation in October 2020 after the pandemic ban on international travel was introduced. So the hibernation applied only to the coating and issuance of new policies, but they have continued to provide claims support for existing policies during this period. So um, they were underwritten by Hollard before the hibernation and they were state fastest um, travel insurance provider. So um, this is a pretty nice uplifting story for the travel insurance industry. They, of course, caught a big blow when the borders closed. So we're just waiting for them to give us a date on when they will actually um, resume selling policies, new, new travel policies. Yeah. We have plenty of travel insurers already. John, why is there so much interest in this one? Well, I think they, they came into the market with a good story about real-time claims. You know, they were using their technology and their, their travel card. You could, you could actually get your claim paid in real time, as they said. Um, and it seemed to be very popular. I think also their focus on, on, on brokers and broker clients was, was very popular with brokers. And as Bernice says there, Steadfast had a partnership with Travelcard, which was very effective. We do have plenty of travel insurers. They're all coming back out of the woodwork now, but um, there are plenty of opportunities to provide points of difference, I think. Obviously, we've been through some of Travelcard's features there, but uh, also with COVID, I don't know about anyone else, but when I look at travel insurance, I'm, I'm having a close look at what cover there is in relation to COVID. And I think that's another another area that travel insurers can differentiate themselves these days. You and everyone else who's trying to get their uh, passport renewed. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Insight podcast by Insurance News. Thank you once again to our panel, John Deeks, Wendy Pugh and Benice Han. Enjoy your week and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at editor at insurancenews.com.au. We value your input. You can read all these stories and many others at your leisure at insurancenews.com.au. You can subscribe to the Insight Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, on all your favorite podcast platforms now. We look forward to catching up again next week.